Hi, I'm Hattie Crisell, the Acting Features Director of Grazia magazine. This is Grazia Life Advice, where each week I speak to women worth listening to, asking them to share six pieces of brilliant advice and the worst piece of advice they've ever received. My guest this week is the model, TV host and campaigner for This T. Haywood. You may have seen her, quite a lot of her actually, on the Channel 4 show Naked Beach. You might be a fan of her self-love brings beauty movement, or you might have seen her in campaigns for ASOS or Boohoo or even on the cover of ID magazine. She rocked up at the Grazia office looking gorgeous in a green trench coat and a bold lip, of course, and shared some brilliant down-to-earth advice. Let us know what you think of the episode on Twitter or Instagram with the hashtag Grazia Life Advice. But for now, over to Felicity. Welcome Felicity Hayward. Hello darling. It's so lovely to have you here and you are fresh off our screens from Naked Beach. What has that whole experience been like for you? Naked Beach has been um it's been interesting in in a really really positive way. It's been amazing to see the reaction of people online and in the press and actually seeing and hearing the positive results that has come from the show. Yeah. So for anyone who hasn't seen it, and there are still some more episodes to air, just talk us briefly through what you were doing on that show. So there's myself and seven other hosts, and we are in Mykonos in Greece at this beautiful villa. And every week, three contributors come onto, onto the island. And they all have body hang-ups. So it might be their stretch marks, they might be um, a certain skin condition, their weight, their height. All these people have an insecurity themselves and they come on and see us and we basically take them through these kind of activities that make them kind of understand that there's so much more than just their body. Yeah. Has it been quite a heartwarming thing for you to do then? Yeah, it's been... It, is, it has been emotional because, you know, we we filmed this last year and we are now watching it back. There's certain bits that we didn't see as hosts. Of course. Like their naked homework and the things they're saying offset and online. And it's really nice because I still follow all of them on, on social media. And you can see like, like their jobs are different, like they're happier with their families. and oh, So nice. Yeah, it's, it's real. Yeah, and... What was it like, obviously, I'm sure everyone's been asking you this question, but what was it like to be naked on TV? There was body paint involved. Yes. But how did you, I mean, was that an easy thing for you or did it take a bit of building up to? Well, the thing is, I've been modelling for seven years. So kind of the idea of having my body on show is it's the day job it's a kind of a day (laughs) job babes but not being naked as such you know being in underwear or getting changed in front of people or you know just feeling comfortable with yourself anyway um being naked on the show though was you know it was slightly daunting at, at the beginning but you know what it was quite nice because you know the body paint itself was really liberating because you you feel naked and you you technically are naked, apart from a, a few modest patches mm-hmm. in certain places. Little stickers, you know. Yeah, modesty <laughs> stickers, sure. Modesty. <laughs> but it was quite nice. We spent maybe two, th- three hours every morning getting mm, painted. God, yeah. So by the fourth day, when we were completely starkers on Naked Beach, we actually loved it. And by the end of it, we were like, oh, we wish we were just completely naked every day. So you're also working on something with the NSPCC at the moment. Tell me about that. 
So I've just been invited to go on a school tour um, hosted by Maya Jama. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's all for around Mental Health Week and we are going to, I think, two schools a day. Yeah. We're going in to talk to the children about all different areas, mental health, body image, um, gender, like all the struggles that us as children, we didn't get to talk about these things. Yeah, that's And so I think great. nowadays you've kind of got, you've got the internet and things are a lot more accessible, but it doesn't always necessarily mean that things are necessarily better. Yeah. Because, you know, you're kind of opening these children to a, a whole world where is their body image better because they can see people like me online or is their body image worse because they can see the Kardashians online? Mm. You know, it's a, you can't, yeah. you can't win. So I think going into schools themselves and actually really reaching out and, you know, Maya taking a big, strong crew of people there, I think it's going to make a, you know, a good impact. Yeah, that's fantastic. Do you um, think you would have benefited from that kind of thing when you were at school? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I remember growing up and being in school and, you know, the the plus size woman, anyone that could represent me in the media, in fashion, was like Dawn French. Yeah. I love Dawn French. She's amazing. She's but the she babe. can't represent everyone. She She's can't just represent, one lady. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's always that the bigger woman is always the funny one. Yeah. She's never seen as the sexy one, the confident one, you know, the bossy one. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever trait you want to give them. Yeah. Yeah. But that's improved a lot, hasn't it? And you're part of that whole movement. And you're very big on social media. You've got thousands and thousands and thousands of followers. Is that kind of interaction with with your followers important to you? Is it a big part of your life? I mean... I definitely think that my followers are like my family, essentially, because I give them a lot of confidence, but equally they bring it back to me. Yeah. And, you know, when I have low days, because I think people that say that they're happy and confident all the time are lying. No one is. No one is. And, you know, over the last kind of few weeks, I've had a lot of engagement and comments and stuff because of the show and because of other things. And with that, always comes negativity with that always comes trolling and there was one brand who reposted one of my pictures it's a bikini picture and I got 400 hate messages that's awful 400 hate messages from it and the absolute beauty about it is that they're all messaging me going we've seen this and we don't like it and you know this that and the third and I'm like you know guys I'm fine and I really really appreciate you you don't realise how much you need your crew as much as they need you. Yeah, yeah. And also I think the two things wouldn't exist without each other. People wouldn't be lining up to hate you and criticise you if it weren't for the fact that you are really out there making a difference and you're loved by a lot of people. For some reason that seems to get get people's backs up, doesn't it? It's jealousy it? and bitterness. It is jealousy All and the bitterness. Time. Yeah. Um <laughs> On that note, let's move on to your advice. So your first piece of advice, tell me this one. <laughs> so this one, so some of them are from my friends and family, okay. right? So Love it. I was talking to my best friend over the weekend and I said, well, you know, what's, what's the best piece of advice that you would say? And she said, never go down Tesco without your lippy on. <laughs> you never know who you're going to meet. And I said... Who told you that? She was like, you. Oh, did you? <laughs> so I asked her for advice and actually it was me that said it. But I do remember whenever we would go down shopping, I'd always bump into someone. So I was always like, you can go down in pyjamas 
Always put a little red lippy on. Lippy is magic as well, isn't it? Because it? is. you can really make no effort other than putting a bit of lipstick on and you immediately look like you've thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's no problem going down there with no makeup on, you know. I'm on that vibe too, but I just feel like yeah. if you want to bring a little element of sass to the supermarket, yeah, you could wear pajamas with a lipstick. Yeah, you could go. Have you got like a, the whole spectrum of lipstick colours, or do you wear the same thing day in day out? Do you know what I have? I feel like I have a nude when I'm trying to be like a bronze goddess, like '90s kind of like go for the nude. Love it when I'm trying to give a bit of sass. It's a red lip. And then more of a pinky tone when I'm just trying to be like, you know, a bit more chill Felicity. Yeah. <laughs> your second piece of advice comes from your nan. <laughs> and my nan's never, never said this to me. So tell me what this is. My nan told me that you should have a sailor in every port. That's just great advice. What, why did she say this to you? My nan's been with my granddad for a very long time. She hasn't got a sailor in every port. She then. hasn't got a sailor in every port. And I think she wants me to live that life that she might have wanted. Right. I love you, Granddad. But you can be a bit grumpy sometimes. And um Yeah, I think my nan was just like I'm the I'm the oldest grandchild and I think a lot of the uh, other a lot of my other cousins have had kids and settled down and um my nan was just like you know you travel a lot darling you know you should have a sailor in every port make sure that someone's happy everywhere you go but I mean it doesn't have to be men or partners it can be friends as well okay. but it's just such like a great line of just like make sure you have a sailor in every port darling she sounds fabulous you know, it, might, it might be like someone to pick you up from the airport that is helpful yeah yeah Someone there for you. Yeah. Is your nan a source of a lot of great advice and inspiration? She is my biggest inspiration. She makes all her own clothes. Wow. She like goes and gets bits down charity shops and redoes them. She's like loves a power suit. She sounds amazing. A raspberry power suit or an emerald green with like a sassy little brooch. She does sound like a source of like style inspiration. Your third piece of advice is always be nice to people on the way up because you'll have to see them on the way down. Yeah. What made you want to include that? I just believe that we all have our own journeys and some people's journeys might be quicker than others. And I think in this industry, I really believe that you should, well, actually in any industry, I feel like being nice is cool. And I think a lot of people forget that. And, you know, if you're on the way up and your career is getting better and you're getting higher up in, in your office or online or whatever career path you're doing, remember to be nice on the way up and don't let your ego get in because there is going to be a point where you are going to come down and other people are going to take over. And if you were if you were nasty on the way up, it's going to crash for you on the way down. Yeah. So how, what has your way up been like? I mean, I did read you had quite a fabulous story of being scouted. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. You were scouted. <laughs> Where were you? I was scouted in an East London pub dancing to Diana Ross and got asked to do a shoot as Anna Nicole Smith. I mean, amazing. Yeah. And how old were you when that happened? 24. Okay. Yeah. So how long ago were we talking, roughly? Six years. Okay. Yeah. And has that route been a pretty straightforward career progression or have there been times where you've been like oh I'm not quite sure if this is where I want it to be going or I mean totally I mean when I when I first <laughs> that time when I did the first shoot is with a photographer called Miles Aldridge and it was like mega famous photographer I mean, by the way I love love him um it was like a crazy hour 
day like crazy hour but I didn't care because I was like this is the most amazing thing I've ever done I actually said yes to the job to the shoot because I thought my nan will love this really I was like nan's gonna love these pictures she's gonna have something to talk you know to her mates about while she's having a little cheeky gin tonic so that's the reason why I did it because also like there was no one like me out there at the time there was no you know plus size models that had like well I mean there was plus size models maybe on QVC yeah. There was no editorial girls. There was no one out there in fashion editorials. It yeah. was always just one type of model. So I did the shoot. I remember actually on set, we had a wedding cake because we were doing a whole thing for Anna Nicole Smith. So we did our wedding day, this huge, like three tier wedding cake. And after the shoot, I was like, Ma, I was like, what are you doing with that cake? He was like, oh, babes, you can have it. So. I took the cake, took it home, and then the next day went back to the pub that I was scouted at and took the cake and oh, fed everyone. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I did that. And then I remember at that time I was I had so many jobs, so many jobs. I'd got a degree in photography. Um, I was working as a barmaid. I was selling vintage clothing. Like, I was doing everything that you can when you live in London and you're hustling. Yeah. And I remember I was working a lesbian speed dating night at a bar in Charing Cross. And you're not allowed your phone. Like, so I had it under the table and I was looking through and I got um, an email from a, from a modelling agency saying, hi, is anyone representing you? And I sent that email around to all my friends. I was like, is someone punking me? <laughs> Turns out it was the truth. Of course it was, yeah. Got signed and was like, oh, well, this might be fun. And then has it just been plain sailing? No, of course it's not been plain sailing. <laughs> I wish it was. But the problem is at the time, there wasn't much plus size clothing. So where the money is to be made is commercial. You know, you can yeah. do as many ed- editorials as you can under the sun, but we all know that they are not paid. And it got to the point where I was like, well, I feel like I've done the rounds with all the like the cool photographers or whatever, but I still can't afford to pay my rent. Yeah. I remember there was a moment when we got thrown out of our our house and he was like, you've got two weeks to find somewhere else. And I remember me and my best friend Lois, we were so broke that we had stolen a um, trolley from the supermarket and we'd found a pub to live at down the road and we were moving all of our stuff in a trolley oh my up and down the road. And then on my phone, I get a notification from Twitter and this like little shoot that I'd done for ID magazine that like my friend was like egging me to come and, and be on. The whole time he was keeping it a secret that he was putting me on the cover. That's incredible. And I've seen that cover and it is fabulous. Yeah. On the cover, moving all my stuff in a trolley. <laughs> so this is the it, kind of truth <laughs> of the fashion industry though, it isn't is. it? There's, it's just because somebody's looking fantastic on the cover of a magazine doesn't mean that they're rolling around in money at home. It's not rolling around with the trolley. Works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so your fourth piece of advice, tell me this one. This is lovely. So I believe that the perfect body does not exist because there are no two humans on this planet that are the same. So you have to be the best version of yourself and not someone else. And that that actually came to me in my friend's bedroom. Um, we were at the seaside and I was like, I'm sick and tired of everyone kind of comparing themselves to each other and... I was like, I need to create something because everything that I do and it's in my blood is about self-love and about just kind of being unapologetically yourself. And I was like, I just kept saying these quotes and these these words. And I was like, if people just understood that self-love 
brings beauty, then the world would be a better place. And she was like, that's it, that's it, that's what you should be doing. And we started a hashtag online in her bedroom. Um, my best friend's also an illustrator. So she drew my hands in like the heart Aww. shape. And then we had a logo and hashtag. And I just started it online as just like a bit of a safe space for people to be like, show us yourself like what do you love about yourself like what what makes you different have you always felt like that have you always had that kind of self-esteem I mean it's quite admirable I think not many people have it I just think I grew up in a small town called Barry St Edmunds and I think it literally has come from teenage rebellion and boredom yeah I remember I wasn't very popular in school um but I didn't really care because I was interested in music and art and fashion and hanging out with my nan and going charity shopping and kind of like annoying my mum by wearing the most ridiculous outfits and I guess I was really lucky that I had a lot of love and support from my grandparents so that's who I kind of felt like I grew up with you know and I escaped to London as much as I could and I really feel that at that point London was a place where kind of all the weirdos from the small towns are kind of all gathered and we all found each other yeah you know and we were just this big gang of just like we're gonna do what we want and I think when I was younger I used clothing as an armor because I always was you know a bit curvier than everyone else or always I've always had this big old bum which I bloody love now yeah but you know at school I remember in PE I couldn't get the PE shorts to fit me and and all of that but now I am I've grown up and I've gone through the motions and had a good support network and kind of really had faith in myself and my confidence. I now use, I don't use it so much as, I use it as an addition to my confidence to yeah. kind of enhance it. You know, I'll go down the street wearing a leopard print cat suit because I love my body and I love leopard. Yeah. You know, whereas before I might have worn a sequin moo. Yeah. So I don't know where it's come from. It has, it has come from being small town, boredom, and just kind of wanting to wanting to have fun and not listen to others. Yeah. Well, we need more of that. But then again, I feel like at that point, we didn't have Instagram. We didn't yeah. have all these things. So you weren't, you didn't feel those pressures as much as people do now. So it's really hard for me to sit here and be like, you know, just do it because it's not, it's really not that easy. Yeah. You know, like my, I've got a younger sister and she, she feels the pressures from everything online and, you know, I see her one week and the next week she looks completely different. And I'm just like, I can see that she's going on whatever trend is. Yeah, and trying to figure out yeah. where she fits into it all. And this actually ties in really well with your next piece of advice, which is comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. I feel like nowhere encourages comparison these days as much as Instagram yeah. does. Yeah, why did you say comparison is the thief of joy? Again, it is because of the way social media works and we're all guilty of it, of looking online and seeing someone's kind of like picture that's perfect picture and perfect scenario. And for me, I know personally that that's not always the case because I'm in this industry. Yeah. So I, I know like pretty much I can say like a person's probably like got an Instagram husband who is they're on holiday and they're having arguments because he's being made to take all the pictures Absolutely. or you know sometimes you know I know that person isn't even at that place yeah or you know they've gone to a certain festival and they're not even in the festival they're just in the surroundings yeah you know and it's it is really difficult I think I've always kind of stood by the fact that I have always been quite real online and there will be photos of me in a big silky frock 
on the two pee machines because generally I do dress up when I go to the arcades. Like I would like if I'm <laughs> of there, course, I'm, why wouldn't you? I'm generally I'm trying to get win key rings, right? <laughs> you know, or there might be you know in a cat suit in the supermarket. Like I tried to keep it very real because I think it's important to show when you when you have you know when you have influence online and you have a following. And for me personally, like I'm trying to show everyone that there is confidence in us all and to try and like leash you know get that out of your system to to be who you want to be you might want to be shy and if you want to be shy that's cool yeah but don't be shy because other people are making you feel bad yeah you know and I want people to look at my page and be like oh she's got that type of body she's wearing that and also she's not just posing up against a wall in an undisclosed place she is actually on the streets wearing that yeah and if she can do that I can if she can go and buy a fruit and veg in platform shoes and a, a sequin jacket like so can I yeah and you don't you don't need like a superstar lifestyle to be no. like cool and stylish no. you just get on with it so your, your sixth piece of good advice is a little bit controversial coming from you. Uh, don't become a model. Yeah. Why did you I say that? I actually think that's a, a good piece of advice because I get so many messages daily about people, I want to become a model. I want to do this. I want to do that. I wish I could tell everyone, find something that you really, really love doing. Find a hobby or, you know, study Find something that that is going to give you longevity in your career. Modeling, you can model for five minutes. You can model for five years. If you're lucky enough, you can model for a few decades. Yeah. But the reality is, is it's a really fast-paced industry that is built on beauty standards, you know, mm. and it is really hard. It has been really tough for me and for a lot of other people. And I just think people look online and they see what they think is glamorous and they see what the life is they don't see the models struggling every beginning of the tax year you know and loads of other incredibly stressful things that happen and I think nowadays brands are opening up to using people that have their own identity and personality and something to say so brands are working with people that are you know a lawyer yeah. And then, you know, you have other influencers that may be like a doctor or someone that's like a different activist or, you know, don't choose modelling. Choose having your own voice and stand for something. And these other opportunities will come to you. Yeah. But I just think it's such a false thing to say to people. You should try modelling. It's fun. It's not fun. It is stressful. And you have to be extremely lucky to be at the right place at the right time like I was. Yeah. To kind of really push your career. And I just think there's so many, like, so much stress around it, around mental health as well, because you're literally being told you're good enough by appearance and measurements. Yeah. That's not normal. No, it's not. It's I not. think you have to have a very solid Tough, sense of who yeah. you are and a thick skin to get through that. You know, you might be lucky, but I just, I want to be real with people. I don't want to be like, oh yeah, become a model and do this and you'll be get to go on all these trips and get all to do all these things. It's like, yeah, it's hard work. Yeah. Well, thank you for being so honest about it. I think that's, you know, people need that and not everyone's willing to say yeah. the, the reality of their job. Um, so what is the worst piece of advice you've ever received? That I need to lose weight to get a career. Who told you that? 
Let's not name names for legal Let's reasons. Let's not name but names, <laughs> but I mean, you know, there've been there've been points in my career where people have said, like, you know, you need to lose weight, otherwise you won't you won't make it. And there was a point in my career that I was like, oh, you know, I'm not making any money, and maybe if I do shed some pounds, I will be like that girl next door. And maybe if I should dye my hair, you know a darker blonde or a brown and and like dress a bit more change who you are just change who I am and just kind of be that I'd be so number one I'd be so unhappy because I wouldn't be myself and number two like to lose a lot amount of weight very quickly is going to cause you know potential eating disorders you know and it's going to affect your mental health so to do all of that just to get a bit of extra cash and I, I was just like no like I I'm, I know I'm going to be unhappy if I if I change myself and I, I stuck by my guns and actually it was it was difficult for a couple of years I wasn't making much money but then the situation happened where brands started to be like we want voices we want mm. real people we want personalities and actually it kind of flipped it on its head and I was like I'm so glad that I you know stayed true to myself and if I had listened to that advice I wouldn't be where I am now yeah don't listen to other people's opinions about your weight i love that okay don't listen to other people's opinions about your weight and don't go to tesco without putting lipstick on (laughs) it's the big takeaways from this (laughs) from this interview um you've been brilliant thank you so much for all your advice thanks for having me babe Thanks so much to Felicity Hayward. If you liked the interview, you will love her Instagram at Felicity Hayward, which is giving me serious wardrobe envy. I hope you're loving the Grazia Life Advice podcast. If so, please help us out by subscribing, rating it, reviewing it or sharing it. See you next week for more advice from women worth listening to.